This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, whatever it may be for you. I am Caitlin Unland, and I am your host. Welcome back to your fave podcast, also known as Be That Girl. So in my last episode, I told you all about how my dog, Lua Grace, was getting plastic surgery on her coochie. Um, here's the update that, once again, no one asked for, but I just have an unhealthy obsession with talking about my daughter. She now has a brand new coochie and is no longer having accidents inside, so I am a happy mama. She got her stitches out last Wednesday. Um, she was in a cone for two weeks straight, 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 which for any of you guys that know my Lua, you know she's a complete psychopath. <laughs> So the cone was not the best move for her. She was running into walls, scraping it across the ground, getting poop on it. Don't ask how. It it was a whole thing. It was a hard healing process. Um, the first night that I actually had brought her home after, she randomly started gushing blood and quite literally bled all over my apartment. It took me over six hours to get it all completely clean, and I had to get a completely new comforter. But out with the old and with the new, I guess. She is back. She is better. She is all Gucci at least for now. She tends to have a lot of issues, so we'll check back in next week and see if that's still the case. Anywho, April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. The purpose of this month is just to bring awareness to all the survivors. I really hate the term victims, but also to bring awareness to some victims who may have not made it to be survivors. Not so fun fact, one in every six women has either experienced sexual sexual assault, I cannot speak today, or been a victim of attempted sexual assault. And one thing that really bothers me is the lack of attention on how often men find, them situation, find themselves in this situation as well. One in every 33 men has been a victim or experienced an attempted sexual assault as well. I don't know about y'all, but like that is a lot. I'm a high school teacher. I have about 32 kids in all of my classes. So that's about one guy in every one of those classes having been a victim. About two girls, two or three girls in every one of my classes. That horrifies me. And let's not forget, those are the only ones that have been reported. I know many, many women, myself included, have found themselves in a position of being a victim, but never reported their experience for whichever reason. So now that I have this platform, I wanted to take the time to share my experience publicly for the first time. I know most of my listeners are young females, which happen to be the group that faces these attacks most often. And I'm hoping that by sharing my story, I want to help you guys gain the courage to report your story. It's something that I, at the time, did not have the courage to do. I didn't have the courage to tell anybody or to talk about it. I didn't process it correctly. And it's something that I want to help you guys get through and understand that it's just a part of your story. It's not defining. In the area, in the era of the Me Too movement, now more than ever, is so important to stand up and own your truth. Not only is it time to heal for you, but others need to hear your story as well. They need to know that they're not alone. They need to know that just because this happened to them, it is not definitive of who they are, who they're going to be, who they're, where they're going in life. It can happen to anybody, and it's not their fault. So here's my truth. I was a junior in college at Lindenwood University in St. Louis. My roommates and I were all getting ready to go out, as we did literally like three or four times a week because it's college. You know, we didn't give one shit. <laughs> And I had just transferred to the school, so I was trying to live my best life. So we go to this pregame where I drink way too much. An entire bottle of blueberry 
I don't know if it was blueberry or blue raspberry burnets, but it was one of those. And yes, I know burnets is disgusting, but in college, literally all you do is drink disgusting cheap vodka. And that was my disgusting cheap vodka drink of choice. <laughs> um, so I'm pretty much blacked out of the, blacked out of the pregame. Visib visib okay, let me try again. Visibly extremely intoxicated. I drove us to the pregame, and for whatever reason, my friends and I thought I was okay enough to drive to Main Street, which is where we went every weekend to bar hop. I, of course, was blacked out, so I didn't realize this until the morning. But in the parking garage at Main Street, I ran into one of the bowls and ripped part of the bumper off my car. So the night was already off to a rough start. And yes, I do not drink and drive anymore. I was young. I was stupid. It doesn't make it okay. I'm lucky that I didn't hurt. It was just my car. I didn't hurt myself or anybody else. I get that. But that's just a part of my story too. It's all a learning act and I'm, I'm much better than I used to be. <laughs> so anyway, I don't remember anything from this point. Probably about 11 p.m. until about 1.30 a.m. where I started to come back into realization and like wake up a little bit. If any of you guys have ever blacked out, I hope you haven't because it's not fun. Um, but I was like going in and out of like consciousness, I'll say. Um, apparently while I was there, I was doing my usual dancing with my friends until another guy came over and started dancing with me. Let me tell you about the background on this guy. So my three best friends at Lindenwood were all guys and they all played football. They were also all best friends. I love these guys. I'm still friends with them to these days. They're the best. A lot of times their teammates or their friends would try and have them like hook them up with me. This guy, the one that I was dancing with, had been trying for months to talk to me, hang out with me, and I really just kind of gave him no chance. I shot it down every time. I had numerous unanswered DMs from him, unanswered snaps from him, until I finally just told him I wasn't interested. But he's one of those guys that takes I'm not interested in or I'm or like no as in okay just no for right now or try harder I mean which really wasn't the case but that's how he took it so I guess when he took me being drunk enough at the bar to dance with him as his opportunity to sexually assault me like I said I still remember none of this until about 1 30 in the morning but at some point he decided to take me back to my house at about midnight fast forward to when I start coming back to realization all I remember is me bawling my eyes out, literally tears streaming down my face. I kept saying, no, no, I don't want to. I don't want to. And my roommate, thank, honestly, thank the Lord, came home and kicked him out. Come to find out later on that when she came home, she heard me crying and reportedly saying no and yelled at him to get out, open my door and basically forced him out. I immediately fell asleep because I was kind of going in and out of like consciousness still. And I know a lot of people are like, how could you just fall asleep after that? But first of all, I was still highly intoxicated. I was in shock at what just happened. I just I just fell asleep. That's all. I had to get up early the next day because it was my first day in a new job. American Eagle to be exact. Yeah, American Eagle. So I had orientation. Um, when I got up, this is kind of where it gets kind of gruesome. I mean, the whole thing is gruesome. But for me, this is where it makes, it makes me get a pit in my stomach and tears in my eyes thinking back to it because it was so graphic and traumatic. Um, when I got up, I realized I had bruises all up and down my arms and my legs from being held down. At the time, I didn't know why, but for some reason I felt like I needed to take pictures because I wanted to make sure I had it documented. So I took pictures of every single bruise on my body. There was one on each of my legs, one on each of my arms, and you could clearly see finger marks, like finger bruises from his fingers on my legs and my arms so tight. Um, I cried the whole way to the mall and I tried to get myself together for when I finally had to walk in. I ended up leaving early because I threw up in the bathroom and I couldn't stop 
literally having flashbacks and just crying. I wore a sweatshirt and sweatpants to cover up the marks and bruises when I was supposed to be dressed, you know, business casual for when customers come in. When I got home, I fell asleep for the rest of the day. And then I woke up that night. I showed all my, my roommate, all my bruises and everything that I remembered from the previous night. She immediately wanted to tell, wanted me to tell someone and wanted me to say something to him. This girl I'm no longer friends with. We did have a falling out. We're okay. Now we've talked and had like a good talk since to where we're on a good page. But in this moment, I really thank God for this girl because she came home and she stopped it from going even further than it already had. And she stood up for me every day after that. And she would have shot this man really (laughs) if I gave her the opportunity. Like she told me that I should tell somebody. I told her, no, I just wanted to keep it to myself at that point. Before that night, I legitimately never saw this guy on campus. And I'm not sure if that's because we just were never in the same place at the same time, or I just like never cared enough about him to notice when he was around. But after that night, I literally saw him at least every other day. And every single time I saw him, I would have an anxiety attack. I had to leave. We had like a cafeteria that had like Chick-fil-A, Qdoba, like a sandwich place, a burger place. I had to leave it multiple times because I was literally having anxiety attacks from seeing him. Anytime I saw him, I would start hyperventilating. Sometimes I'd see him in the gym. I would stop my workout and go back to my house. He continued to try and text me for a couple days afterwards until I blocked him. And the actual horrifying part is that he literally acted like nothing had happened. And he kept asking me if I wanted to quote unquote hang out again as if that was like the most normal night to him. Just another night, you know, that was, that was good between us apparently. After I blocked him, I guess he started asking around to his teammates about me. Three of those teammates, once again, were my three best guy friends. Um, They asked me what happened and I explained every single thing. I explained every detail. I sent them the pictures and all of them, besides one of them, pretty much questioned my whole story. Um, They asked if I was sure that I wasn't just too drunk or if I was sure that I had said no. Maybe I said, yes, I was drunk, you know. Um, They asked if those bruises could have been from something else. Um, They asked me if I just didn't want to admit that we had hooked up. And I asked them if I should tell somebody And they told me, no, you'll ruin his life, but he has football. What about that? What about his degree? All this stuff. But what about my life? What about the trauma that I now had to deal with every day for the rest of my life? What about the bruises on my body that I had to stare at for weeks after that? And you're asking me, what about his football career? And these are three of the guys that are supposed to be my best, closest friends in the world. And I will say, I am still friends with all three of these guys. They are amazing men. They have great hearts. And now they all believe me. They all support me. But, and this isn't an excuse because it's not okay. Um, I think they were truly just ignorant at the time. And they just, they weren't able to process it yet. You know, in college, you are still young. You're still immature. Like I said, it's not an excuse. I just don't, I think they were too ignorant to get it at the time, honestly. And that was like brutal (laughs) to tell your story, tell your truth to three of your best friends in the world and have them not believe you and tell you not to tell anybody. They did. I will say they all did at the moment. They cut off ties with him. They cut, cut, cut off their friendships with him, which I appreciated. 
But it did take them months to believe me and months to really support me. Like I said, I'm still friends with all of these guys. I love them with all my heart. They really are great guys. But in the moment, that was horrific. And it, like, once again, reminded me that I need to keep this to myself. I don't want to tell anyone. To this day, I can think of about four people that I had told this entire story to. Um, now I've told it to all of you guys. So this is kind of like a big deal for me to come out and say all of this like this. <laughs> but I just, it's something that I don't want to hide anymore. And I want to use it. I know somebody else can grow from this story. And I want it to give them that opportunity. So I, I have never, like I said, I've never reported it. I've never told anybody in that way. But I do urge any of you guys that are currently going through this or that unfortunately will have to go through this in the future, tell somebody, report it. The amount of times that women don't say anything because they are afraid of how they'll be treated or they just don't think they'll get any justice out of the system of it, fuck it. Tell somebody. Like, that man will go do it to somebody else. Be better than me and go tell somebody and save somebody else from going through the same exact situation that you went through, you know? Like, it's not something to mess around with. It's something that quite literally, from the moment it happens, changes your entire life. And I'm not going to say I'm, I don't want to say I'm thankful that it happened to me because it was traumatic. And like, even now talking about it, and this has been three or four years, it's still traumatic to think about. And I don't like going in detail about it. But it did make me who I am today. It made me a lot stronger. I'm a different person because of it. I'm changed because of it in both positive and negative ways. I am really one of the strongest people I've ever met. Like I will, I can go through anything and I'll come back better, bigger and better. It's just who I am. Like shout out to God for that one, I guess. But also I have intimacy issues with guys now. And I do blame it solely on being sexually sexually assaulted because it's first of all hard for me to really get in the moment now because it's almost not enjoyable sometimes it is I'm not I mean like I'm human sometimes it's great sometimes it's really hard for me to get in the moment because I have such a traumatizing experience with it and I just go back to that I don't really like I don't find myself going back to like oh seeing that guy in my head or anything like that but I just find myself being uncomfortable. And I was not like that before that situation happened. I find myself, I've, it's always been hard for me to trust men because you all know my stance, men are liars. <laughs> but it's even harder for me to trust men now. And it's harder for me to take them seriously after one did that to me. Um, yeah, that's all I'll say on that. But it is a, it's something that truly affects your life every day after that, even if you don't really realize it. And I actually, as I was kind of writing out my main points that I wanted to discuss in this, this week's episode, I got kind of emotional. I got tears in my eyes, which was kind of weird to me because the few times that I have talked about it or like recapped this night, the situation to someone after I didn't get emotional. I mean, like, obviously I don't like talking about it. It's uncomfortable, but I never got like teary eyed or like upset. I got kind of upset when I was writing this. And I think it was because it was the first time that I was not talking to somebody else about it. I was sitting there with my thoughts by myself, actually processing what happened to me, which is also why I want to urge any of you that this has happened to, or any of you that might have to unfortunately go through this 
talk to somebody, not even if it's necessarily reporting it. If you can't report it, okay, I couldn't either. So I understand, but go talk to somebody, go talk to a therapist, go talk to somebody about your situation. You have got to process it or you'll be like me four years later, still processing it and trying to process it. And if you can't talk to somebody, start writing about it, start talking about it to yourself. I don't know. Start journaling about it. You have got, you cannot block it out. Like it never happened. I know a lot of people with their trauma block it out. Like it never happened. That is so unhealthy because you bottle it up and you carry it with you every single day, whether consciously or not, like subconsciously or consciously, you carry that weight with you every single day. Talk to somebody about it. Get it out. Journal it. You've got to work through those emotions. And as much as it hurts, you've got to get through the pain in order to get over it and in order to move on with your life. <clears throat> so as April comes to an end, I just kind of want you guys all to think about your friends, your family. So anybody that you know that has gone through this, send up a prayer for them, you know, be there for them, whether they might say it or not, it is something that they deal with every single day after the attack. And a lot of people try and make jokes about your trauma. I am definitely one who does that. But at the end of the day, it's not funny. It was one of the worst nights of my entire life, if not the worst. And it's something that still affects me every single day. And it's something that will probably affect me until the day that I die. So that is my story. I just wanted to, I wanted to share my story. Like I said, report it, talk to somebody, don't be ashamed of it, own your truth. We all go through things and they all make us stronger and know that it's never your fault. You were not asking for it, no matter what you were wearing, no matter how drunk you were. If you were dancing on him at the bar, you were not asking for it. You are a victim, but more importantly, you're a survivor. That's all I have for this week's episode. Come back next week. And I'm actually going to get back on my weekly episodes. I've been slacking a little bit and doing like every other week or every week and a half because I've been so busy, but I now have some time. So I will be back on my weekly bullshit. <laughs> so check back in next week. I'll see you guys then. XOXO, your queen.